Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti Ecruel Dubai. Let's kick off with jockey Danny Brock, who's received a 15-year uh, disqualification from the um, judiciary uh, panel, Cornelius, uh, having been found guilty of, of corruption. Quite a significant case, this, and not insignificant suspension. Yeah, and seven years for disqualification. Uh, Sean, Sean McBride as well, and um, there were other people involved who's, who are currently um, suspended anyway, or their, their presence on racecourses is suspended, so uh, they're not going to be allowed back in for some time. This was described as an extraordinary conspiracy, a spider's web of conspiracy surrounding a, a whole lot of uh, races on the all-weather, particularly around a horse called Samovar and particularly around a two-horse race mm. at uh, Southall. And there were considerable bets on the winner that day, which was odds-on. Samovar was slowly out of the stalls and uh, was um, ne never, never played a part. Uh, described in the racing post as reluctant to race, uh, but uh, the, the conclusion was that that was a, a stopping incident involving uh, Danny Brock. It is a significant uh, suspension, uh, and um, Danny Brock is, is upset, uh, he says. He, is, uh, he has said in a few quotes subsequently about the way he's been portrayed. But crucially, he didn't take part yeah. in, in this whole thing. The fact is that Sean McBride did take part, did engage in the process, did have a lawyer. He's got a, a, a shorter suspension which seven may years, or may yeah. seven years which may or may not be relevant but he was able to put his case uh, whereas Danny Brock didn't put any form of a case so inevitably he's been portrayed uh, Louis Weston the the barrister representing the British Horse Racing Authority uh, said this is a corrupt person this is somebody we don't want uh, in racing and clearly Danny Brock didn't didn't come back do you see the race the two horse race uh, at Southern I did yeah what did you think um, being, being honest to the eye, it, you know, it really it didn't look very good, and um, you can all make mistakes, but some you can't really defend. Yeah, and 15 years. And the, the, the crucial the, thing for, for Danny... He said he may yet appeal. He, A, he may yet appeal, and he is, he's actually denied uh, wrongdoing. He's involved in, in the Greyhound world now as a trainer, and clearly this is very relevant to him. Uh, because although we normally talk when we're talking about suspensions in a in a one jurisdiction mm. applying in other jurisdictions around the world, uh, the, the, here's a suspension which may or may not be um, be uh, followed up in the in the greyhound world. But clearly, it, uh, it will the, be. the, the, cl clearly it will be. I, I heard the the head of the greyhound board talking uh, this week, and the fact of the matter is that if you that if you're uh, proven to be or you're shown to have been dishonest in uh, one world as regards uh, betting and that's horse racing then the greyhound world is uh, clearly has has very similar types of uh, opportunities similar types of standards as well so uh, hence one suspects that that's going to have implications for him all right flightline and frankel we probably don't need the two minutes on this but flightline got a rating of 140 in the world's best racehorse classifications ceremony held in london last week at the banqueting house all his connections were there frankel had achieved the same end of year classification at the end of his career is this a, a convenience cornelius or are they horses of exactly equivalent ability well normal methodology has been adopted by those involved said dominic gardner hill the head of handicapping at the british horse racing authority it's it, it's very convenient that they've landed on the same number uh, and i think it's very um a, a lot of people are very happy that the same the same number is uh, there um 
whether whether or not uh, it's actually deserved for uh, flight line is debatable the horse didn't run that many times only six times was it three times as a three-year-old three times as a four-year-old however he did uh, win major races around the world in in emphatic style go on I was going to say is it possible to actually accurately well, that, compare the point, a, a a dirt horse with a with a turf horse I mean Harry you might you yeah. might have a view on this yeah I'd say not it's, it's very hard to compare the two I mean I've never ridden on the dirt I wouldn't have any experience about the dirt at all but um, I'm sure you know Frankel's done it you know in here this country and on, on, the, on the turf it's hard to compare the two but well, two, what we compare. do know what we do know is two exceptional horses mm. of, of their era Mm. And uh, and you you know the fact is that they it's hard enough to compare generations, let alone um, racing surfaces, isn't it? But what was striking was that nobody could have, uh, have accused um, the the British um, handicapping authority of being in any way biased towards Frankel because it was revealed actually in the penultimate race that Flightline took part in, yeah. they might have gone 140 at that point after the the brilliant well. success at Del Mar, but that it was others who said, uh, could this be a flash? in the pan do we need to be careful about this so I think he went 139 at that point didn't he and then 140 <laughs> after the Breeders Cup Classic but what was striking was that going back to Dominic Gardner Hill who's a very sort of feet on the ground sort of merchant uh, and uh, I have personal experience of that I remember once being at Hamilton races with him and a Glasgow gangster came up to him mm. and said why do you keep crucifying my horses and uh, he kept calm about that <laughs> he keeps calm about most things but the fact is he described what was it he uh, these uh, performances were, were uh, you know a monster a brutal galloper and two monstrous performers that he has seen I'm, in in his time I'm more worried about your not Knowledge of Glasgow gangland, to be honest, Cornelius. But um, but that's another another, that's another for story another altogether. Yeah. <laughs> you Clar need to be superstitious in those uh, in those uh, yeah. confines. The, the Clarence House chase has been relocated after much discussion to Cheltenham next weekend. Uh, it retains obviously its Grade One status. The prize money is significantly less. I'm going to bring Paul Nichols here in on this because Paul, you you might have put a horse back in this race under different circumstances. Yeah, I, I just wonder nowadays if. A race like this is it's great it's been put on on saturday obviously um it's been at Cheltenham before um but perhaps you know it, if it was rio offered on monday you wouldn't get a whole heap more horses in but it would give the positive look for grenatine for example i never put him in ask it was never going to suit him he wasn't going to be ready um and it would have been a, a lot of money just to have entered him just in case him we got into this scenario but now we are where we are if the option was there to enter monday i might have had a little look with him especially with a dry week and it would just give the option a few more horses. There would never be many, but it just would open the race up a bit for another day. Yeah, so if you, at the moment, you have to take the original early closing entries, of which yeah. there were only eight, but Paul might have had a look, Harry, had the option been open. Would you have had a look with Newby Negra or not? Um, no, possibly not him, because he was always going to chat. But like Paul was saying, it just gives you the options, especially now with a lot of cancellations and meet, you know, meetings being closed. Um, yeah, it's um, yeah. I'm sure it would have been better for everyone if it, if it was reopened. I said actually yesterday on the on the Saturday program we were doing yesterday afternoon. Your brother did this, didn't he, with Protector out? He stuck him in the King George in case it was cancelled. So he put the early closing race in in case it in case it was abandoned. Yeah, yeah well, that's, that's quite good forethought. That that's how yeah. you've got to think. You know, that's think how ahead. you're thinking, isn't it? But mm. like Paul just said, there, different track, different ground. Mm. They might have got one or two more runners. But different, but but again, in, 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 you're still spending a few quid getting in at the very early closing stage. 
yeah, of course you are, and that's it's a difficult one, you know, asking people to enter from such a long way out when they're not even sure where mm. the horse can run for such an amount of money. It's quite an ask, really. Uh, and Ergo Men, it looks like we'll take on Edward Stone in next weekend's Clarence House Chase. You'll be able to see that on Racing TV. Festival entries are well down, Cornelius. Mm. Um, just by what how much? 35%, isn't it? Ten, ten races in the, in the great one so novices, far. Yeah. Uh, down 35% in, in some, some areas. Um, uh, some debate on this. Uh, Nicky Henderson, inevitably, having been uh, uh, um, uh, um, involved in festivals for 50 years plus, is immediately asked for a quote, and he said, you know, my owners don't see Cheltenham as the be-all and end-all. When I hear trainers say that, I do think of spin doctors and I think of, of gritted teeth and putting a... Putting a Sort of uh, a good a good face on something because most people do see it as the be all and end all. Uh, let, let's, so, let, should we get Paul Paul Nichols involved yeah, here? Paul, what what do you, what do you think? The, the, the entry, entries are down numerically. You've got some nice nice bullets to fire this year, but what's your what's your overall read of the situation? I, I've just entered probably the same amount as I normally do um, at the early closing stage. As Kim Bailey actually made a point this this week, whether nowadays it might be better not to have such an early closing. Uh, structure and you could enter near the day we might get more options and you know whether anti-post betting helps with all of that I don't know but I don't actually get you need possibly the very big races I don't get that you need um, entries close so early but we always put plenty in yeah yeah look, whether you think Cheltenham's a be all and end all or there are other options you make that decision near the time when you see how the horses are and save some entry you do but you still enter them at this stage and um, we've just done those as per normal to be honest with you don't, don't you think part of it for, for British owners is they've seen the Irish dominance in, in recent years. The pendulum has very much swung towards Ireland for the time being. So if you're going to have a go at the festival, you know, the, the chances are you're not going to win. You're going to have to be very lucky to win. And there are other options around, whether that could yeah. be at Aintree, at Air, or one of the so other greater, spring greater events. efficiency in entries. Is that something? So would you be more selective about what you're entering now, perhaps, than you might have been five, ten years ago? Yeah, possible, but you're going to enter horses. The, the fact of the matter is, the trainer's job, and you're going to enter horses where they can win. Mm. So, if that might suit them better at Aintree, then you wait for Aintree. If you think they've got a good chance of winning going to Cheltenham, then you enter. But um, obviously, at the festival, you do have, you know, owners' ambitions to go and have a run at the festival. It is the festival, so there's obviously some horses go and um, you know take their chance, but. Um, you've got to run them in the races that they can win. Who's your single best chance for a winner as you sit here at this stage? Protectorate. He's your single best chance for winner of the whole week? I think he's the best that, chance we've got at the winner, yeah. That's a very, very diplomatic answer as well because it's uh, avoiding all those ones that have got that stone in hand. <laughs> well, yeah, can't tell you all about them. Though. No, well, you can, but you're not going to. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, Noble, <laughs> Noble Yates next, who wasn't, wasn't going to run at Lingfield this afternoon anyway because it's been abandoned, but that's academic now. Uh, he was supposed to run Lingfield this week, uh, this weekend. He couldn't. Uh, he was not qualified because his trainer Emmett Mullins hadn't uploaded the correct vaccination information onto the Weatherby's app uh, in Ireland, in Irish races using the same app. 
you only have to do that when you declare the horse. In Britain, you have to do it at the five-day entry stage, and it's the second time he's been caught out on this. The owner of the horse, Robert Whaley Cohen, whilst accepting the trainer's complete responsibility and probably not being very happy about it, said that couldn't there be a system like at the airport? You go there, they say, sorry, mm. you haven't filled in your COVID information. You fill it in, and Isn't away that a you fair go. Point? I'd, I'd, you know, if you're if you're going to buy something online and you do something wrong, you don't fill in one of the things. Something flashes up and says you haven't done you, this. You haven't put your postcode in, or you haven't done whatever. So, you know, it, it, it is clearly the trainer's responsibility and clearly it's been quite well publicised that the rules have changed and um, so, so the, the horse wouldn't have been able to run and goes to Cheltenham, I think, now, does it not, for the Cotswold chase. chase. Yeah. Um, <coughs> excuse me. But, but, but the, the, the fact is you would have thought the technology of, uh, of the 2020s would allow that to happen and I dare say the boffins, uh, Weatherbiz, will be looking at that. But um, I think other people are said to have been caught out by this. I think mm. Kim Bailey said he'd been caught out. Uh, over something, but but it was the meeting was abandoned anyway. So it's something that needs to be looked at. Paul, what do you think? Tough luck, or do they need to show a bit of flex here? I think with a lot of things these days, we need to show some flexibility. But rules are rules, I suppose. They put them in for a reason. I know my team spent hours and hours making sure it's it's right, um, and. Um, that's a tricky one. Depends which side of the fence you are, where you're in the situation. If you're in the trainer, as in Emmett's case, you're going to be not very happy uh, because you haven't been able to run. It's worked out okay for him in the end, but you know it's always a difficult one. No one's going to be happy whichever way you look at it. All right. Not many people were happy. It seems Cornelius with the the fun fair at Newbury. <laughs> well, before, and nobody ultimately before, it was a before Christmas. Yeah, this was the the fun fair that started marginally before the Coral Gold Cup meeting. Yeah. It's in, all um, the, it's in all the photos, in the back of your photos yeah. on Lamilos, isn't it, I'd imagine? Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. I, d I don't know. It caused, <laughs> Great big helter-skelter yeah. there. I'm not sure it you. created quite the, quite the disruption that it was suggested beforehand it might have done, but it did produce quite a lot of ridicule for, uh, for Newbury at the time. And this week they've said it was a waste of time, um, that uh, they've made a material loss out of the whole thing. The, the footfall into the funfair was not quite what it was. I just I find Newbury just a really astonishing story. I think it's one of the most mysterious stories of the last 30 years in racing in some respects. Here's a race course in one of the most prosperous parts of these islands, a race course that is widely acclaimed both for its flat racing and for its jumping. Some of its jumping is 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 you know iconic around the old Hennessy uh, Gold Cup. It's built Goodness knows how many, in fact, 1,500 residential properties oh, around, uh, around the place, uh, honouring uh, Denman Drive, honouring all that some of the great names, Rondetto Avenue, Hennessy Crescent as well. Uh, and yet, and yet, when there's a drama, it, it often seems to be uh, around Newbury. Charlie Johnston sat in this, on this very sofa, what, two weeks ago, and he said that their operation was all but boycotting Newbury. They had five runners at Newbury in uh, 2022. They had more runners at Salisbury. They had miles more runners at Ascot, Epsom, and the two Newmarket racecourses. Uh, and whenever there's a discussion about prize money, it always seems to be uh, about Newbury and the, the, the poor show at Newbury. So. I just think it, I, I love it. I, I think it should be doing better. Okay. Um, and the fun fair um, didn't work. Lost money. I suspect that won't be coming back next year. Uh, it wouldn't be a show like this without talking about the whip at the moment. 
you've had a quite a bit to say about this during the course of the season, and I know you don't really want more than two minutes on, on it this time. You're in the whip bedding in period of the new regulations, and there would have been 44 individual bans dished out last week under the new regulations, 29 of which would have been the non-discretionary raising of the hand above above shoulder height. There you are. That's what the Whip Review Committee looked at in week one of the data. There'd have been one disqualification under the new rules as well. What's going to cause the most problems? Um, by well, looking at that, Nick, obviously the 29 above uh, shoulder height and 19 individual jockeys obviously is you know, quite alarming, but um, that rule has always been there and, um, you know, I think, um, you know, it's something that's now been used uh, a lot more in in recent yeah. weeks in this betting in period. But yeah, so now look, there's no there's no discretion now, whereas there w was before. Um, yeah, so obviously we wanted clear you know clear rules and what was going on, but um, there is still um, I think a few things to talk about um, along with the BHA mm -hmm. um, about how the betting in period has gone. So we've still got to discuss a few things practically. So there's so it's an ongoing consultation really consultation period. You still feel like you you you've got a bit of ground to, to to decide over yeah for sure I think like obviously that's the whole point of, of having this bedding in period bedding mm -hmm. in for the stewards the BHA the PGA and the jockeys to try and you know get this right once hopefully to be honest once and for all um, so hopefully we can you know go somewhere and go forward and put it all behind us to be honest once I mean, and for all the head the headline <laughs> is the headline is you would have had 44 whip bands in a week which is five times what you would normally have had so that's yeah. on the one hand that's your inflammatory headline the other hand Courtney, this you can't really judge a betting in period until you're well into the betting in period and especially you? You when the weather has been you know has been so so the first lot of numbers have come out mm. but the second lot of numbers aren't really going to mean anything are they because there's only been one National Hunt meeting over the last uh, seven days, and it's going to be, you know, weather permitting. There'll be a few more over the over the coming days. You know, it is one area that is particularly causing controversy, isn't it? It's the the above head height, and that is something the betting in period must continue to look at. And the betting in period is for the jockeys, mm. but it's also for the authorities. Yeah, exactly. Um, so they can and figure there, it out. there can be further meetings. And I think there's a word in there in the statement, wasn't there? Practical, practical considerations. Yeah, considerations. Yeah, practical considerations. Yeah. yeah. Uh, to the top line there. Um, finally, on this point, Harry, how confident are you that you can get to the Cheltenham Festival and that the jockeys as a body um, can abide by the new rules that you and the BHA board have, have joined forces to put in place? Yeah, hopefully by the time we get there, um, everyone is you know, completely understanding of what is required. Um, I think jockeys got to take, we have got to take the full responsibility. We want to take that, but also we need. Um, sensible decisions um, you know and 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 good stewarding you know going forward um, to protect a, a competitive sport to be honest um, so but I think by the time we get to Cheltenham hopefully we can get it right but it's gonna be hard for the Irish jockeys coming over um, I think um, but hopefully we can we can get it right um, those were this week's talking points